the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour uh, number two underway now at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock on this Thursday morning, the 23rd morning of the fifth month of the year, our Lord 2019. By the way, a little reminder this is my last day speaking with you this week. Tomorrow, my daughter graduates from high school, and there will be a baccalaureate mass and celebration in the morning. So you are in for a treat. Peter Kersenow will be hosting the show for me tomorrow. You get two hours of unfiltered Kersenow. You're going to love every single bit of that. And thank you to Pete in advance. By the way, Kirsten, where were you last night? You were supposed to be at my uh, speech to Cuyahoga Valley Republicans. Um, it was a wonderful time. We missed you. And uh, I know we're going to get a, a great uh, performance tomorrow from Peter Kirsten. All right. Hour number two underway. Now I want to get right to it since it is Thursday. That means it's time to talk to our guest, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is the now former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is a best-selling author. He is a uh, columnist for the Washington Times, and he is also a very highly sought-after public speaker, including for commencement uh, speeches, as he has uh, been in this commencement season. Dr. Piper, good to talk to you again, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Bob. You? Uh, wonderfully. Absolutely wonderfully. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, doctor, a lot of ground uh, I want to cover with you today. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know we shared a little bit of information, a little bit of stories uh, that uh, we wanted to talk about. I want to start, if it's okay with you, with the war on history. Uh, I know you are a historian, in addition to the many other titles that uh, that I just uh, listed. You are a historian, and I want to ask you how you feel about things like this. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, who is the, uh, you know, has become affectionately by some known as Mayor Pete, the 37-year-old youthful uh, uh, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, which, by the way, is not exactly a well-performing city right now, but... Um, he on a town hall earlier this, or actually toward the end of last week, Pete Buttigieg said that he is in favor of removing references to and honorary titles of bearing the name of uh, Thomas Jefferson from the public square. 
citing, of course, historical uh, uh, data that uh, says that he, he isn't deserving of such titles. There's another one. Uh, now, as you shared an article with me, the war on history comes for George Washington as well. Children saying they are traumatized by the images of George Washington because of the knowledge that he once owned slaves and more. Um, how exactly have we gotten to this point? And where, as an educator, a longtime educator and president of a university, uh, how, how do we unring this bell that is being rung right now into the uh, ears of young people saying that the founding fathers of this great country are not worthy of our respect and honor? Well, there's so much I could say on this, Bob. Um, I, the, the quote has been attributed to Santayana as well as others, but uh, we all know the quote, and that is this. Those who don't learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. And I would add to that and suffer the same consequences. And the lesson of history is this. Man is broken. Human beings are prone to sin. None of us are perfect. All of us are going to, quote-unquote, make mistakes and lean toward the selfish. And the only correction history has ever shown to any of those facts is the biblical worldview, the Judeo-Christian ethic, and the controls and the checks and balances that are grounded in that worldview that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington blessed us with. And what we have today is chronological snobbery. We have people like uh, Buttigieg, and others from his generation and younger who are claiming they are smarter than Jefferson, they're smarter than Washington, they are more pure and righteous than all of our founding fathers, they will rise up and tell us what freedom means, they will rise up and define the a constitutional republic in a different way, they will deconstruct everything that we have been enjoying for the last 200 years, and they will reconstruct it in their image. They will declare themselves to be as God, and therefore they will start defining what is good and just and righteous and free. They will tell us what the self-evident truths are that are endowed to us by them as opposed to endowed to us by a creator, because they are the ones that we've been waiting for, and they are the change we seek, to quote Barack Obama. This is a very dangerous place for us to go, Bob, because the ruler, the measuring rod of all things being measured, is Buttigieg and his generation, rather than something bigger and better, more time-tested and true than contemporary opinion and the popularity of these demagogues. This is very dangerous, and this is where we are. I'll take a breath right now and let you respond, but I can tell you how we got here in terms of the Academy, too. Well, um, I don't have much of a response except for the obvious follow-up, which is, okay, uh, we agree and acknowledge that we are in a very dangerous time right now. Uh, the question is, is how do we reverse course now that this is underway? Anybody that... Uh, you know, stands up now and defends the, you know, the mural that we're talking about with the, with George Washington that the liberal children are all freaked out, freaked out by because it depicts, uh, uh, George Washington as well as also some African American slaves and some Native Americans and so on and so forth. Um, this is already being done, and if we stand up and oppose those who oppose it, well, we are essentially uh, signing off on on slavery. We are supportive of the history of slavery. We are supportive of those who held slaves, and so on and so forth. So without, of course, being uh, accused of bigotry and racism and worse than that, how do we, how do we combat this, um, uh, this place where we find ourselves now? Well, we combat it with facts. 
And if they feel that this mural, for example, of George Washington, if they have feelings that it somehow is exonerating George Washington for the issues of slavery and um, uh, perhaps uh, the way that uh, Native Americans were oppressed as uh, as the American, uh, as the United States and the American continent was um, um, was developed by Europeans. Okay, there are some mistakes that have been made. There are people that have been oppressed. We know these are facts, but the mural in question actually portrays that. The artist who who uh, painted that mural in the 1930s was a quote-unquote liberal, a progressive of, of his time, and he wanted to paint history accurately. Yes, he was showing George Washington as the father of our nation in a positive light, but he was also showing that the march of human history is not perfect, and that there were mistakes made along the way, and that the correction of those mistakes has to be grounded in the ideals that George Washington represented, not in the ignorance of those ideals. So the way we confront this is to speak to the facts of the mural rather than let the feelings of the snowflakes and the millennials prevail in the midst of that debate. You know, Bob, very quickly, and I can do this in 60 seconds or less. Sure, sure. um, Human history can be broken down into three components, quite frankly. Pre-modern, modern, and post-modern. Pre-modernity was the supernatural. Truth was supernatural. Modernity said that truth was simply natural. That if you couldn't taste it, touch it, feel it, and see it, it just wasn't so. And then post-modernity comes along and says, no, it's not supernatural. We're not going to trust Moses' words in Revelation any longer, and we're not going to trust the simply natural any longer, the empirical. We are going to trust the superman, the ubermensch, because we will rise above all of these things. We will redefine everything. We will tell you what's good, and we will tell you what's evil. We will tell you what's free and what is uh, not free. We will tell you even what a male and even what a female is. We will define everything. It is the reflection of the French Revolution versus the American Revolution. It's the rise of the superman, the ubermensch, the Nazi extremism versus the freedom that we find in our seminal documents, the Constitution and the Declaration of the United States, as well as the Bible. Pre-modern, modern, and then postmodern, and postmodernity is the most dangerous place for us to be because it's the ubermensch, the superman, who will decide all. I'm not even going to attempt to try to follow that brilliant explanation. That is very, very well said. Dr. Piper, what I will do is take this opportunity for a timeout so that we can come back and talk about a topic number two that I really wanted to address with you and uh, and to listen to you about because uh, they passed it last week, late last week after you and I spoke, and it is the Equality Act. The uh, Democrat-led House have passed the Equality Act. It is now on its way to the Senate, and I want to talk a little bit about the impact of that if it were to pass that body as well. Dr. Everett Piper, back with us after this. On AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. To 88988. All right, 1024 and I have got six good minutes left uh, with our guest, Dr. Everett Piper, best-selling author, now former president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, uh, and a wonderful conservative pundit and commentator as well. All right, Dr. Piper, um, the Equality Act, which is just so ridiculously named, 
Um, we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to equate this with the Civil Rights Act of 1964, equating the same protections to LGBTQ community members that we uh, uh, did in the Civil Rights Act for African Americans. The problem is, of course, this is not an Equality Act. It essentially denies equal rights to people specifically uh, who are people of faith. And they are going to have to sacrifice their faith and their belief in uh, traditional Christian tenets, if that's what they if that's what they believe, in order to comply with the laws mandated in this Equality Act. Um, what is your read on this uh, this bill that was passed uh, out of the House last week that now heads to the Senate, Doctor Piper? Well, you you're, you're spot on in saying it's uh, it's or it's got an Orwellian name. It's titled the Equality Act, when really it's the Inequality Act, or I might even stretch it a bit further and say it's the Intolerance Act. What we have right now is we've changed the definition of what it means to be human, and we have equated personal choices and changeable personal decisions with immutable, unchangeable characteristics such as sex and color of skin. You cannot change the color of your skin. You cannot change your sex. You are either male or a female. You are black or white. You're Hispanic. You cannot change these things. These are God-given, immutable, unchangeable human characteristics. They define you. Now, your personal choices and what you do in your sex life can be changed. You can engage in certain inclinations, or you can choose not to engage in those inclinations. To elevate those inclinations to the sum total of human identity is a never-ending spiral downward in terms of making the human being and freedom unequal because you're going to elevate the decisions of an individual to be equal to your immutable, unchangeable characteristics. This will mean that somebody who can change the way they want to behave sexually, a transgender person, for example, his uh, freedom to engage in women's sports will be elevated to the same level of the Title IX laws that protect a real female within that sport. In other words, the woman doesn't have equality any longer. It's taken away at the hands of the feelings, the dysphoric inclinations of a male who wants to supplant her freedom and her equality. You know, there are so many people, so many people who are potentially victimized by this quote-unquote Equality Act. Uh, and again, they, you know, take, having their um, uh, their own rights and their ability to practice their faith taken away from them. You mentioned women. You mentioned young women and young girls in sports because this Equality Act would mandate uh, that uh, anybody who identifies uh, psychologically through their delusion that they are one gender can can go and compete against the others. But but you know, it's women, it's uh, girls, it's um, uh, it is uh, employers, employees, business owners and so on and so forth if they don't kowtow and set aside everything that they believe in and you know what here dr piper it's not just this isn't just a holy war this isn't just a battle of you know christian beliefs and doctrine and tenets and so on and so forth being forced to be set aside so that you can um uh you know so that you are forced to to join into the delusion of of these other people uh scientifically as well this is not only anti-religion this is anti-science this is telling people who believe scientifically what we have always known biological uh anatomy chromosomal uh, uh, um, uh, regularities or, or traditional uh, you know, and accepted scientifically proven principles, we're, we're being told you have to set those aside and just accept the scientific heresy that, uh, you know, that a male is a female and a female is a male in, in order to, uh, in order to um, participate in their delusion. And that's the, the rough part about this. Religion and science together, both are being told you don't have a place in this. Exactly. We've talked before in your program. Uh, to summarize what you just said, 
This is the Anti-Equality Act. This is the Anti-Tolerance Act. This is the Anti-Woman Act. This is the Anti-Science and Anti-Biology Act, because it denies all of those things, and it raises human opinion, human emotion, human inclination above all of those irrefutable, immutable facts of human existence. It allows a group of elites, a group of oligarchs, to tell everybody else how they're going to live. It denies religious freedom. It ignores the First Amendment. It supplants our constitutional rights with these particular personal agendas. And uh, Kai Feldblum, Barack Obama's appointment to the... uh, 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 Oh, shoot, I forgot what committee she's on. Um, But that aside... I Feldblum says this, in matters of religious freedom versus matters of sexual freedom, I see no situation where religious freedom should prevail. In other words, religious freedom will always lose at the hands of sexual licentiousness, and this is even in the words of Kai Feldblum, who's been appointed by Barack Obama to uh, shepherd and guide these ideas through our government. Dr. Everett Piper uh, laying it out. Doctor, uh, my, my hope, of course, and, and I think what everybody is, you know, who is a believer in everything that you and I have just discussed here is that the Senate will, of course, appropriately strike this thing down uh, and, uh, and hopefully never to be seen again. Um, do you have confidence that, we will, uh, we, we, that this thing will not become law? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I have hope. Um, I think the Senate recognizes that your commentary and others uh, needs to be heard. And hopefully the president would veto it anyway. But we need to pray. We need to continue to pray. But not only pray, but take action and call the Senate. Call the Senate. Call the Senate and call the White House and let them know this cannot stand. And here in Ohio, I'll tell you this, uh, Dr. Piper. You know, I think that's perhaps an even more an even more important message than than it might be in other states because one of our two senators, uh, well, I know, well, the other one, Sherrod Brown, of course, would support this in a heartbeat. But the the other one is Rob Portman, who is a Republican, but um, who has really, really shifted in recent years on matters like this. And there are going to be Republican senators who do side with the Democrats in wanting to pass this. So it's more important than ever, I think, that we do indeed call our senators, particularly Senator Portman, and tell them uh, that to, to Despite what might be a fondness for this "quote unquote" uh, erroneously named Equality Act, it is dangerous and it is bad for all Americans and their First Amendment rights. And uh, we uh, we need to make sure that he opposes that. So, Doctor Piper, always a pleasure, good sir. Thank you so much for coming on with us this morning. I wish you a blessed weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Blessings, Bob. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Dr. Everett Piper, it's 1031. Uh, the rest of the program is yours. If you want to, if you were at the uh, Cuyahoga Valley Republican meeting last night, you want to talk a little bit about some of those issues that we discussed. If you want to talk about anything, we're going to turn this into a free for all Friday segment for the next half hour because tomorrow Peter Kersenow will be in for me as my daughter graduates from high school. So let's make this last hour count. Dial now, 216. 216- Nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Dial now. Let's make this last half hour count. Rather, right here on AM fourteen twenty. Pyre. Ten thirty five. As we continue on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. I um. I'm going to get right to the phone calls as I promised I would. Um, for this last half hour of the broadcast, but I also want to share with you, this take about a minute and a half, I think. I started talking before Dr. Piper came on about the unconscionable statements made yesterday by a Democratic representative in the Homeland Security Committee hearing 
in which Homeland Security Secretary uh, uh, McAleenan was testifying. And this representative was reprehensible. Uh, and, and I say that with no fun in the pun or the, or the, um, or the, um, you know, the, the rhyme, but this is, this is, this is ridiculous. Lauren Underwood is her name. She is questioning the death of a fifth child while in border patrol custody on the border because of the massive, massive, massive overrun of illegal aliens and phony asylum seekers who are just destroying and straining all of our resources. And I told you what she said earlier on. I want you to hear it for yourself. It's really, truly unimaginable that she would say this uh, in the in a United States uh, Congressional Committee hearing. But she did, and I want you to hear the context. Okay. The truth is, sir, the family separation does irreparable damage to children while doing nothing for our national security. It's immoral, it's un-American, and it's just plain wrong. And I am glad to hear you say that it's not happening, sir. But I went to the border last month, and I was truly shocked by the conditions that I saw there. Medical, medical care was inconsistent at best, and the accommodations were inadequate. Just last week, we saw new photos of detained children sleeping outside on the dirt at a Border Patrol station in McAllen, Texas. And on Monday, we learned that a fifth migrant child died in custody since family separation began. These stories are appalling, and yet they keep happening. Now, Congress just uh, provided half a billion dollars in February to address the humanitarian crisis at the border, and will soon provide more. Why do these tragedies keep happening? So... They're happening because the crisis is exceeding the resources provided. That's why we've asked for more, and we've asked for more authority to deal with it to prevent this crisis from happening in the first place and from the children being put at risk. We've deployed the funding. He could have just stopped right there. McAleenan could have stopped right there and said, because you and your body, and particularly the Democrats in this Congress, refuse to actually acknowledge that this is a crisis and that we are so far overrun, it's impossible to provide everybody with the care that everybody needs and the, and the, and the shelter that everybody needs. You continue to encourage this invasion into our country by phony asylum seekers. That's why this is happening. He could have just stopped right there with that, but more. Funding uh, from FY19 that Congress has authorized. We've we've increased our temporary facilities by 500 beds in Donna, by 500 in El Paso. We've got three additional soft-sided facilities coming online in June. We've deployed medical practitioners. We now have over 100 certified medical practitioners in our two busiest sectors. Right, but and we've people asked keep for more dying, money sir. to extend that. People keep dying, and so this is obviously more than a question of resources. Congress has been more than willing to provide the resources and work with you to address. Again, she is just a bald faced liar which i guess is redundant because she's a democrat but she is a bald-faced liar congress has not provided the resources to deal with tens of thousands of people flooding across that border there are holding facilities that are made for 300 that have some 8,000 packed inside of them you have not provided the resources necessary lying demon rat security and humanitarian concerns, but at this point, with five kids that have died, 5,000 separated from their families, I feel like, and the evidence um, is really clear, that this is intentional. It's intentional. It's a policy choice being made on purpose by this administration, and it's cruel and inhumane. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. That's an appalling accusation, and our men and women fight hard to protect people in our custody every single day. We've asked for this resources three weeks ago. It hasn't been responded to by Congress, and we've asked for changes in authorities for the last three years that would have prevented this from happening. So I just wanted you to get a little bit of context of what we were what we heard before. I kind of gave them to you out of order. My apologies for that, but I wanted you to hear what she said. She said that this administration is in a cruel and inhumane humane way intentionally allowing children to die. Intentionally establishing policies that lead to the deaths of children. This is what Democrats believe. This is what they uh this is who they are. Now, it got so bad that even on a Democrat majority committee, because they have the majority in Congress, there was a 9-7 to seven vote to strike her disgusting, reprehensible, in my, in my estimation, her words, her accusation, her language should make her, should remove her from Congress. Not just from that committee, honestly. But to say such a horrific, reprehensible thing in an open congressional hearing for crying out loud in the Homeland Security hearing, honestly, those were so I'm, – I'm looking for more adjectives to describe those words and coming up short. My apologies for that. But in all seriousness, those were disqualifying remarks. They should disqualify her from service in the Congress. And by the way, I haven't heard since that happened yesterday one single solitary Democrat condemning them. Yes, they voted to remove the words from the record, but not one single Democrat that I've heard on television or radio or read in print have condemned her remarks. It's astounding. Beachwood, Jeff, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, hi. You were talking earlier about the um, the problem we have, you know, with uh, the youth and the desire for socialism and just changing everything. Yes, I think I have the answer. All right. Number one, it's two parts. Number one, it's the message and how we deliver the message. The message is uh, they have to look at history in a relative sense. How was the United States compared to other countries at that particular time? Not against some utopian idea of perfection. The fact is the founders tried to get rid of slavery and would have not had a constitution if they didn't allow it to exist. They changed the laws. But the bottom line is this. We need people who can deliver a message that is moral, that is true, and that's why I have hope that we will do it, uh, because we do have a true answer. The guys from Washington, Jefferson, they were geniuses, and they were good people. And it's like you can't just say, okay, slavery's bad. Our whole economic system in the South was built on slavery. Uh, it took a lot to undo it, even though they wanted to do it. Washington actually freed the slaves when he died. It was in his will. So That's I would right. have somebody talk about that, and we don't. The Republicans and the conservatives in general have left the field open to the left in schools and on culture. And that comes to the second point. So number one, you have the message. All number right. two, we need young people like, you've heard of Candace Owens? Of course. And Blexit? You've She's heard wonderful. Of Brendan, you've heard of Brendan Straka? Yes. The hashtag walkaway movement? Yes. These people need to be promoted and supported by all the Republicans. They know how to speak to young people. They understand the young people's media, the culture. We need young people making movies that we can see. If they won't show them in the movie theaters, they'll see them on Netflix or they'll see them on Amazon or they'll see them. I mean, there's so many different ways to see stuff. They can't shut us down. But when's the last time you saw a movie? Oh, yes, they can. That- yes, they can. That, and that's well, the one. one of, well, here's what I mean by that, Jeff. 
Jeff, here's yeah. what I mean by that. Literally, I know what you're saying. on the social yeah, media platforms, they are shutting down but, and suspending people like Candace Owens' accounts because they know how dangerous but, her words are for the left. But, yes, but they can't keep doing it because we're going to find other vehicles. There's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's Hulu, there's Hulu. Voodoo, there's so many ways... You, you do that. know who owns all of the above, right? The same far leftists that run Facebook and Twitter are, are the people who run YouTube, uh, the people who run Am- uh, Netflix. That's why they just paid Barack Obama a multi-million dollar contract uh, to, to consult and work on yeah, projects right, with the them. These are Amazon are- owned by Jeff Bezos, who runs the Washington Post. I mean, you know the story. They, they literally, yes, the left is really inv- involved in all of that, and that's our fight. But it's a problem. We've got to fight it. But by fighting it, out loud, it will encourage and free up people who are a little timid, maybe a little afraid. You know, I personally yep. think that the people who are, are, are spinning this country are a small minority, but like in the past, revolutions were always done by people who were committed and were fanatical, and even though they were a small portion of the people. We need to give the people in the middle the courage to stand up by being out there ourselves. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, Jeff, I agree with that. Here's what I would say, though. You know, first of all, we do need more of us, and we do need to be vocal because people are emboldened when they realize they have support and they have uh, fellow people, uh, you know, who are who are you know with them. In other words, there's safety in numbers, so to speak, right? So you're right. We have to be more vocal. We have to promote people who are leaders like Candace Owens and others. Don't disagree with that at all. But I would disagree when you say uh, that it's a small minority of people on the other side doing this, and uh, and the reason why is because, again, looking at our schools, they are continuing to churn out generation, well, generation, class after class, year after year, new graduates from colleges and high schools, and quite frankly, from middle schools into high school, that are true believers in the, 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 the lies and the nonsense uh, promoted by the socialists in this country and by the uh, uh, you know those who uh, would, would strip us of our constitutional rights, would strip us of First Amendment rights, strip us of Second Amendment rights, and on down the line. There are more and more of them that are growing, which is why it's imperative for us to take back education. I talked about this last night at my talk in uh, in Brexville. Uh, we have to take back the school boards. We have to take back the administrative positions. We really do because the uh, uh, you know we're we're losing we're losing you know the minds of our kids at a very young age because of the way public schools have uh, what they've become. Thank you so much for the call, Navy man Norman Strongsville. Hey Norm, how are you, sir? Uh, very good, Bob. First people. Before I say anything, I want to congratulate you and your wife on raising two fine American children, and I wish your daughter very well in her future, but more importantly, I want to pray for your daughter as she goes out to college. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Big day tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. Uh, I echo what Jeff said up to a point. Uh, Bob, I have many friends they compliment me on letters and things that I write to the editor and so on. And I asked him, what about you? What do you mean, what about me? What about you? When are you going to pick up a pen? When are you going to pick up the phone? When are you going to call your congressman and senator and let your voice be heard? You know, oh, I don't have time. I don't have, you know, and Bob, I'm going to tell you something. I have a new name for the Republican rhinos, the hand-wringing sloths. Because that's all they are, is slots. Every time I see President Trump standing alone, with nobody behind him, nobody covers his back, not McConnell, not Portman, not any of these so-called Republican leaders, I want to vomit. I am so sick of seeing the Democrats, the party of deviancy, destruction, and depravity, 
lined up behind Pelosi or lined up behind Schumer. But whenever I see our president, he is alone, and I'm sick of it. I am so sick of these people, Bob, but I, w- I want to offer a challenge to all of our listeners. Okay. Pick up the phone, call your congressman, call your senator, let your voice be heard, and let it be heard loud. And, you know, as, as far as uh, <laughs> the uh, media goes, we, we've known the media has been against us for the last 40, 50, 60 years. It all goes all the way back to the 60s. So there's nothing we can do about that except get them in the wallet. Cancel your subscription to the pain dealer. Uh, don't watch the TV shows that uh, come out and spew their hatred against us. But it's time for the people, us, to have our voices heard. I mean, Candace Owens, God bless her. She's a beautiful person. She's a superb spokesperson. But again, where are the other Candace Owens? Where are they? You don't they're there. They're out there. They're they're out there. They really are. But they don't have that platform that she has. But I I want to encourage you. Uh, and, and and what I mean by that, Navy Man Norm, is is to lift your spirits. I think there are more people like you than you know. There needs there still needs to be more more yet. But there are more people like you than you know who write to uh you know the the people that need to hear from them who who call like you're talking about who pick up the phones. There are other Candace Owens who don't have the platforms that she does who aren't as well known. But it is a growing movement. And I want to, rather than be discouraged by, uh, you know, by the fact that you don't know all of them yet, be encouraged knowing that they are out there. They're working in the shadows. They're working perhaps without the spotlight on them, but they are working because I really, really feel the movement in this country. People realize what our threat that we face is, Navy Man Norman. I really think, I really think there are more than you know. And again, the real key here, the real key here, key here is to try to turn around the youth before it is too late. I talked about it last night. We are losing the schools we are losing the schools if you look at what they're doing to these kids by by uh, teaching them uh, uh, general sex education as kindergartners which includes transgenderism and the acceptance of all of these different types of psychological uh, delusions and so on and so forth uh, the encouragement of, of different uh, lifestyles alternative alternative lifestyles and such we need to win back curriculum by winning back the school boards by winning back the administrations and that is how we will make sure uh, that we um, you know that we don't fall into the depths that, that uh, well, that we fear. That also applies to our parochial schools, Bob, because I can see that yeah. happening in our parochial schools, and you're and you're well aware of that yourself. Indeed, sir. Indeed, sir. You're 100 percent right. Thank you, my friend, yep. Navy Man Norm. I appreciate it. Let me squeeze in one from uh, Fairview Park next. Mark, you're on the air. Go ahead. Morning, Bob. I'll move fast here. Uh, I, what uh, Dr. Piper was talking about, you know, I I'm uh, uh, have a degree in history. And uh, that's all I study and read all the time. But uh, what I've seen in American history, uh, you have this gradual metamorphosis, you know, from, from the Re- Revolution uh, to Shays Rebellion, where the, we went from the Articles of uh, Confederation to the Constitution, uh, the fight between the Federalists and Whigs, the Civil War, the end of slavery. Uh, the, uh, even Washington grew up with slaves, a practice which was part of, the, of life starting in the early 17th century. But if you speak to some of these young people today, I mean, they couldn't even tell you who Stalin was. So what you have, and you were in education, you know the term uh, uh, was a tabula rasa or empty vessel. Uh, that's what you have. So these people, they can pump any of this socialist garbage or whatever. That's, that's the problem we're up against. Thanks, yeah, you know what, uh, Mark? That's very well said, my friend. I appreciate it. And I love, I love talking to historians. I really do. And I'm glad to have you call and bring some of that to, uh, to bear uh, on our conversations because uh, we need more of that. Just like Dr. Piper said. 
you know, uh, repeating the often repeated line, those who forget our history are condemned to repeat it. So uh, thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. It's 1052. Back with a few more phone calls to wrap it up after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 1055, final segment of the broadcast. I want to get as many of these callers in as possible, so please try to edit your comments, make them as brief as possible so we can get as many in as we can before we are done. Jim in West Park waiting. Jim, go ahead, sir. Yeah, I'm into this book, The Deep State, by Lofgren, and there's a, it makes a point here. Beginning in 1988, that's 31 years ago, every U.S. president has been a graduate of Harvard or Yale or both. Beginning in 2000, every losing president candidate has been a Harvard or Yale graduate, with the exception of John McCain. And uh, that might be one of the reasons why they went in uh, after uh, Trump University. Found a couple of liberals to, to do something over there. And, but last night's program, you said, can, we, can I see a show of hands of anybody that's suffering from female sex strike? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the other day I was pro- prepositioned from my better half is, hey, honey, let's light up the scoreboard. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah, the Hollywood sex strike over the abortion issue is just one of those things you can't do much more than laugh at. Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, let's go to Todd in Cleveland next. Hey, Todd, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yo, Bob, you really don't have to show respect for a falsehood there's no more obligation ever to show respect for something that is false so as long as you guys keep using the term transgender in place of what it actually is which is gender masking which which is not an offensive term because it's true then they every time you use that term out in the public you you're giving you're giving power to them having some degree of an argument for the existence. Todd, I owe you thanks for that. I've never heard the term gender masking being used that by anybody, but I like it. Well, it's not It's not an intention to, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a catchphrase. In the same way that somebody... No, I know, I know, I know it's not. I, I understand yeah. what you're trying to say, with, but it really is. You are masking your actual gender, uh, you, know, with, in, in, you know, whether you're doing it because of your psychological delusion or whatever the case might be, or whether you have more nefarious intent. It is gender masking. John, or is it John or Jan? I'm sorry, I can't tell. Jan? Hello? Yeah, okay, sorry, it is Jan then. Go ahead, Jan, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, are you familiar with the article that was in the uh, uh, Cleveland.com yesterday by Steve Kahn, an opinion, uh, and he's a professor at uh, uh, Miami of Oxford? I am not familiar with that, no. You ought to look it up because uh, the article is about socialism and how our students don't know what socialism really is, and he was... Uh, writing it from the uh, perspective of it being a positive thing. <laughs> and, of course and he is. He, if he he's a college like professor, a, that's not surprising. Indoctrinating uh, uh, the students at college level. What's his name? Steve Kahn, C-O-N-N. 
C-O-N-N. Thank you for that. I'll tell you what I'll do, Jan. I'll, I'll see your Steve Kahn article, and I'll raise you one written by Dr. Walter Williams that I just posted on my Facebook page at France Radio, uh, telling the truth about socialism. How about that? That's just very convenient and, and interesting. But no, literally, during one of the commercial breaks, I posted an article that I read this morning uh, by Dr. Walter Williams, who is one of the most brilliant thinkers of our time. Uh, and he explains and exposes socialism for what it really is. Read that on my social media pages, France Radio on Twitter and on Facebook. That's all the time that I have. I wish you a very blessed Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day celebration. Peter Kersenow is in for me tomorrow, and then a best of show on Memorial Day Monday. I'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Be well, my friends. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.